yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here after all these years, after all these tears I shed. Welcome back to I'm Still Here. I'm Larry. And I'm Heather. In 1998, I was diagnosed with stage 4 breast cancer at the age of 26. It changed everything for us, but I'm still here. You are. Yeah. Today, not a very uplifting topic. But a necessary one. Yes. And actually something that somebody did just reach out to me and ask me to talk about. And it's I think it's very timely because this is going to follow a conversation that I just had with my friend Chris Mm -hmm. and um, we want to talk a little bit about progression or recurrence today and oh if there's anything that is I don't think there's anything scarier in the life of somebody living with cancer um, than hearing that you've had progression which means do you think it's true that it's so scary what you just said because Obviously, the first time, it was scary, Mm -hmm. but it was completely unknown. Yeah. And now, you know. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) and, (laughs) yeah, you you know so much more. Exactly. Right? So. And I think that's what, you know, you're obviously, you you don't want cancer to take your life. I mean, that's the the big fear. but, But also, there's a thousand other things, I think... If I were in your shoes, I would think that, no, I just don't want to do that again. Yeah. I mean, it's it's everything from, you know, am I going to lose my hair to, um, you know, what does this mean for my daily life to... It's everything. It's everything. Oh, my gosh, yes. It's It's putting cancer back... In the front seat, <laughs> if not, I mean, I would never allow cancer, I don't think, to be the driver. Mm-hmm. But it definitely gets, it takes priority again. When sometimes you maybe have figured out a pretty good life, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty good of living with way of living yeah. to with metastatic disease. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, you know, that starts oftentimes by having a test done or something there's this uh i don't know there's this thing that i've seen that's like scan treat repeat Mm -hmm. you know and this is kind of the schedule the the schedule that people with metastatic disease live in and we've talked a little bit about why you know about anxiety and the reason that it's so uh anxiety inducing is because of the possible, the chance of hearing that the disease has progressed, right? For sure. And it doesn't matter, And it, like in your case, uh, it was a long time ago that mm-hmm. that you've been through this. And we know that there's, there's many more drugs, many more, forget drugs, there's many more treatments. Yeah. They're not all drugs even. Yeah. Um, that are in play where they were not in play 20 years ago. And that's, that's all good news. But you don't want to do that. You don't want to have to do that. You don't. No. And it kind of goes back to that. Like when Dr. Mariver told me even about Herceptin, you know, in the late 90s that, you know, we're going to keep that one in our back pocket. Mm -hmm. So whenever you feel like you um, have to access the next line of treatment, you feel like that's one less option. Right. You know, 
you don't know what it's going to do um, to your body, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so flipping scary. It is. And on the other hand, you it was scary the first time too. But that was not the tact <laughs> that you took. You you um, you very much took all that in, mm-hmm. got a game plan, which took a while to get in place. I'm not saying mm-hmm. this was overnight or anything, but but decided these are the things that I can do. These are the things that you can do. These are the things that medicine can do. These are the things that mm-hmm. all of that. And then you very much in that suck, in that anxiety-driven even then, scan, treat, repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you very much flipped it on its. Uh, you didn't woe is me. You didn't. You know, at times, uh, mm-hmm. but but overall, you didn't kind of just cower in that. Oh my gosh, this is overwhelming, and I can't take. You just didn't do that. And I think. I I don't know this. I, I'm just. This is just. I think. Um. I I think. That is the course of action. I think you have to get to that point where where you are going to attack this versus being attacked. You know, and maybe that's a coach in me coming out. Maybe yeah. that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what it, it what it is though. I mean, if you want to go with a coaching reference, is that you know the first time it happens, okay, let's start this game. Right, we're at the beginning. But the, the second time it happens, it's like, okay, we're a little farther in. You're not just you're not just putting together a plan, you're regrouping. And you know, it happens again and your crowd's losing hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they're not saying it, but you can feel it, you know, or they don't understand. Maybe these people, again, your closest people are gonna be gonna stay with you through progression and stuff. But Literally, people are going to drop off. They're either going to think, oh, I thought that was done with, or, oh, shit, she's not, you know, like, this is not going to be good. And you can feel people back off. Like, I could feel people back off even in the initial Hmm. stuff of, like, oh, I don't know if I can, and I get that, like, stay around to watch this or whatever. But progression... It adds a whole nother level of, you know, where do you draw that strength from, um... You know, in the fourth quarter, where do you draw that strength from? Yeah, I would use probably a little bit different analogies, and all of mine come from football. But, you know, it's the difference between, um, uh, you know, the support that's given to that rookie quarterback compared to Tom Brady. You know, and and Tom Brady, yeah, maybe has a a similar, an injury or a a something, or or just things aren't going good. They're 0-3 or something like that. Yeah. People be like, you know what, eh. I mean, you had a good career, but it's time to hang it up type yeah. of thing. People might have that attitude. I'm just saying Tom Brady can never have that attitude. No, I agree with that. I agree with <laughs> that. He wants success. You, you, I totally agree with that. And but, even, and let me be clear, even if Tom Brady has the right attitude, it doesn't always equal success. That's just right. not how how things work. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not the reality. Right. I don't know where I'm going with that. No, well, I just, you know, I think we oftentimes when also, like, when we think about, again, we kind of talked about this in a Monday Momentum in terms of change, you know, if even if the treatment you're on currently is um, 
not have side effects or whatever. Our dogs are going crazy right now. <laughs> they do not want a podcast. They, they don't want this one. They don't want to talk about Yeah, they like progression. things a little more upbeat. Yeah. So even like when we talked about in the Monday Momentum that change is difficult, mm-hmm. um, largely because of the unknown, at least for me, right? So when you're on a line of treatment, and even if it's not great, you know what it is, right? right? Sure. So then you're talking about, oh, gosh, now we have to do something different. And what is that going to, how's that going to affect me? And what's that going to, what's my quality of life going to be? All of these things, you know, and again, I think too, you know, and I think the other thing is that like the, when you're on a line of treatment, you, you kind of build confidence in it over time, right? So you, I think some people do. Yes. Okay. I think you're weird. (laughs) I build confidence in it over time. I'm not sure everybody does. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. But yes. I, yeah, I didn't, I, that maybe that is a little bit of a difference. I wasn't waiting for it to fail. I've mm-hmm. never, that's never been my thing in terms of, you know, I, again, I don't put those stats in my heads of how long drugs usually work. Mm-hmm. I don't do any of that. I just leave that to the people in the labs yeah. to think about. And also I, I really stand strong on my um, belief that, I am not a statistic, right? Like that I, it doesn't matter what statistics say, I can be on the other side of that. So, um, yeah, so that does that, but that plays into, you know, this whole thing of progression, you know, and. So what, what is, what is the feelings of a scan for you? That others might have. I mean, obviously, there's there's an exact. What are those? What's going through your head? Yeah, I. I mean, through? honestly, I think I've probably never prayed harder than I have on the on a at the time mostly bone scan table. That's been my biggest thing because I, you know, pet scans have been relatively new for me. But the thought is really like, um, is this going to change my life? You know, is what if what if there's more cancer and then how am I going to deal with it and how is that going to affect all of us and how you know it's all of these things that it just yeah or or maybe it's even just like you know I just got a new job or I just this or I you know things are going so well things are going so well or um I mean we've talked a little bit too like about scanning in terms of like I I tend not to do it around um like holiday time or thing things where I know that it's going to be on my mind or it could upset the apple cart before something that I really want to enjoy. So I think there's a balance between that. Sometimes the anxiety of knowing that it's coming is so high that you just need to get it done and out of the way, you know? Probably an individual. Yeah, decision. and I think yeah. honestly for me, I think it's been both over the over the years right okay um but this like this last time that i scanned it was like right around fourth of july and that kind of stuff and that's a big thing for us and mm-hmm. i was like nope i don't want to know i think i did end up finding out though right before i think you did because i yeah. was just like it's and it's interesting even in the course of that time it changes you know like and portals play into all of this too because i, I never used to have like a patient portal um, so, you know, it, like I, it pops up a notification on my phone, like you have a new message and you're like, Ooh, 
How am I going <laughs> to... Which I, 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 I'm guessing with some people maybe uh, listening to this and and maybe, you know, maybe they're out four or five years and stuff. Yeah. I I would guess that they would be kind of bummed to hear you say that. What? Well, being out 20-some, I don't even know how many years. Yeah. Being out that long and, wait a minute, you're still... Have this high anxiety. I don't know. Over I, the I don't think so. I think I think the the longevity outweighs the anxiety. And I, you know, I don't have to do it nearly as often anymore. But is your anxiety as high as it was fifteen years ago? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. All right. I. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some things to living with metastatic breast cancer that are just going to be a part of this disease, I think. Sure. You know, so there is some anxiety that's going to come with it. Okay. You know. Um, oh, no, I, I understand right? that. I, you yeah. know, you would, yeah, yeah. with other things, just like, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years type of thing. You know, it just becomes... Like teaching, the first time I got in front of a classroom, oh my gosh! And now right. I, I, it's literally not even a thought of wait a minute, they're looking at me and I've yeah. got to speak, and I, yeah, it's not even a thought. That's never going to happen, right? With metastatic disease and scans no. and and good news, bad news, and and that that's it's never going to be a one, you know, on a scale, you know, a ten to one, it's never. No. But but is it less? Yeah, it's less. Okay. And I, again, like, I, you know, we've alluded to the fact that there's been a lot of advancement in treatment um, in the last 18, 20 years. I mean, I, 2004, I'm not good at math. So it's been, I've been on the drug that I'm on since 2004. There's, I, I'm going to believe that there are some more options out there. Sure. Now, there is also, honestly... The thought of, oh my gosh, this this disease that's been stable for so long, woke up after 20 years? Holy crud. Yeah. You know? Um, mm-hmm. That's a problem. Uh, we're a little tilted now. <laughs> oh, our dogs are so, you know. But that's, that, that would be, that would be concerning to me, I guess. But I, I don't know. I don't know how I'd handle it. I know. I do. Do you? Yeah, I do. I I, I think, and it's and it and I think it is a lesson for other people. I, and the only reason I I think you you handle it doesn't matter what the crisis is. I I think you kind of have that holy crap moment. I think you have that. Which everybody would, yeah. Um, and I think you're you're sad, um, yeah. and you're going to have emotional, you know, kind of a breakdown, yeah. Um, which is normal again, but something in you, you know, you have to process, and you're processing, whether that's talking to people, listening to things, reading things, praying, mm-hmm. uh, collecting information you you go through this processing and some of it is just internal processing that you do yeah and you always come out the other end like here we go okay this is my challenge i now have it organized in front of me and i am going to do anything i can yeah and set up the things around me maybe not attack this i don't know what the right word for that is but um let's go forward and and Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
I think the little bit that's both of us, and I think that's why we help each other in, in you know, in, in tough situations. But uh, yeah, I don't think everybody has that ability. And again, I've said this before. I, if we were in different seats here, I don't know if I could have that ability like you've done. I, mm-hmm. I hope I could. Wow, you've been a great example of, of how to do that. But uh, I don't. I don't think anybody knows. You know, the people know who are listening to this, who have been through metastatic you know, treatment and, mm-hmm. and are out and they know, you know, you have proof, you have evidence um, that you, you know, have the ability to face something that is just unbelievably challenging and, and come out the other side of it. Now, was that, you know, so much of this metastatic disease and, and living with metastatic diseases, okay, what did you do? Did it really matter? What did they do? Did it really matter? What was, and no one has the answer to that. Yeah. Nobody has the answer to that. And that's why yeah. we're doing this podcast is we're just, you know, from the beginning saying, well, this is what you did. And you yeah. can then decide, do you want to try that or not? And you are a very special person in what you, your mental decisions that you make and, and then going forward with that. Yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But I also I can tell you <laughs> when I think about what would I do? Mm-hmm. The first thing is I would quit my job. Yeah. I would quit my job. There's for me there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that even without the security of uh even without the financial security, we would figure that out. Oh, no doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would go after disability for sure. I would all of that kind of stuff. Um it, it it to me Okay, let's be clear to everybody listening. Yeah. That's even if you possibly could physically do the job. Absolutely. That's what she's saying here. We're not talking about... (laughs) Absolutely. We're talking about being able to not have to do that job so you can focus on healing and and doing everything you can do. That's what you're saying. It's not you're in a bed somewhere and can't get out of bed, therefore you can't go to work. No. No. Okay. It would be... it, It To me, The I would take that commitment off of my mm-hmm. <laughs> off of my load that yeah. would be done i there's no way um yeah there's no way i i would take the time that i spend at work <laughs> to and consider um this next whatever the next line of treatment and i would make that my job mm-hmm. that would be my job it's, and that's what you did the first time too. And yeah. it's for people out there. Not I realize not everybody can do this. We've talked about it before. I mean, you're a single parent, and you're yeah. you, you have to make your house payment. You right. you have to make your car payment. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we didn't mm-hmm. make a lot of money. Let me tell you, right. when you were and on disability and and the first time around, and we made yeah, and it work. We're, we're fortunate enough that I've worked long enough, enough yeah. hours that I can access social security disability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that I have the credits in that system and can do that. Um, but but, but find yeah. a way. But I mean, find, a way. find a way. And I will say, I mean, this is a political thing, and I don't. I'm not great at following this, but their Michigan um, legislature or people in the legislature have um, put forth a bill to end waiting periods on both Medicare and on the five month. I don't. It why doesn't make sense. Heck, five months. It doesn't make you sense. You should. Oh, you can be. So you can be completely bankrupt. 
you know, but be five months behind on every bill you exactly. have. Exactly, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. So, so I'm I'm so hopeful, and I would be happy to um, participate in in moving that forward. But mm-hmm. um, we shouldn't. I don't feel like we should have to be dealing with a major healthcare crisis and also be just financially. Ruined, in ruined, some ways. especially because yeah. we had great insurance. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. So, but there, it's there's no question to me where my focus would go. Mm-hmm. I definitely would need the time that you talked about a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like honestly, <clears throat> I can get there faster when I can get those other things <laughs> off of my plate. Right. I can, Anybody could. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and even, you know, I think the other thing that I would say in all of this is that um, I think sometimes we just don't ask for help. And um, asking for help in those situations can be, like to take things off of your plate, yeah. can be also so, so life-giving, you know. Um, if you have young kids, if you have commitments, if you have all of it, and you have some community around you, ask for help. Family. Family. Even, even, you know, your kids in terms of, hey, I can't do it all right now, or I'm going to need your, your help in just, you know, whatever it would be. It would depend on their ages. Um, But, but I think when I think about progression, it, it just to me goes okay. I'm putting my health first. <laughs> I have to do this, yeah. and and what does that look like? So for me, it it does mean I'm I'm gonna be a little selfish in terms of how I spend my time, even where my thoughts go. I am gonna I'm gonna close the ranks again. I'm gonna do all of those things, you know, um, to protect myself you know and and it worked so for the I mean, seriously listening you want to know what it what it that worked yeah what there's obviously medical treatment in there but for sure tons but of it. there was an extreme focus on healing and mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing is like healing looks different for all of us so like I mean, healing for me might be walking and doing different things like that. Healing for you might be, you might be a, an amazing meditator. Like somebody who can yeah. really, I I long for, I mean, <laughs> I keep thinking someday I'm going to be good at meditation. But, you know, I'm pretty good at visualization. So like, I, you know, like what, mm-hmm. what are the things that, that I, I am good at or that I can do? Um, yeah, just, I know, I, I, I know progression is scary. It's mm-hmm. it's scary to think of. It's it's hard to regroup from. It's scary for you mm-hmm. hearing every a lot yeah. of other people progress. That's well and there's there's some of that too. Um you know, after talking to Chris, Chris has lost a couple of really close friends to mm-hmm. metastatic breast cancer. And um and it's not that I have known people who have died from metastatic breast cancer for sure, and I it's it's hurt my heart <laughs> to see these women in the prime of their life die. 
but um, there is, it does take something to reconcile. Okay, we have the same disease, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the same outcome or we have, we can have different paths or I don't want to say, I, I'm not trying to, I would never want any of that to be perceived as disrespectful, right. but also I, I, I guess with that, I, it goes to, you know, cancer is really a million different diseases, right? Yes. Yeah. So just because we're under the same umbrella does not necessarily mean that the outcome is the same, but you're right. The, the emotional toll of, of watching other people die of it is oof, it's scary. Scary. Yes. It's scary. <sighs> so this is, I mean, I think there's also, I just, I, I think it's important that we talk about these things, but I think it's also maybe timely that this podcast is going to be happening in October. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, again, I, I was on my soapbox a few weeks ago, but this is the reality of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. It is not pink breast, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I, again, we didn't once talk about, I guess I did from a vanity standpoint, losing my hair. That, that has been a thought. But other than that, there is absolutely nothing in, when I think about progression, that is about vanity. <laughs> it is about being on this earth as long as I can be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about living my, as many years as healthily as I can. It's about right. making the most memories I can make. It's not about pink. No. Yeah. No. So... Yeah, and luckily you are still. I'm still here. You are. Thanks for listening today. Yeah. Hit it, Ty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still here. After all these years, after all these tears I shed. I'm still here. And I'm walking this earth like I should be. There was days that I didn't know if I would be. Feet in the ground and my head in the clouds Cause I'm still here Like I should be Yeah, yeah, like I knew that I could be Here we go, here we go Hey everyone, I hope you loved this episode of I'm Still Here and I wouldn't want you to miss out on what comes next. So be sure to rate, review, and follow this show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, especially if you found it helpful. We need all the shares, likes, stars, and love we can get. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave your comments and questions and we'll incorporate them into future episodes. Have a great day.